Good, uh, good morning. I usually do morning lessons. <laughs> Took me a second. Um, Brian has not been feeling well. I'm not the usual speaker, uh, as most of you know. So um, I, I volunteered uh, to fill in, and Brian took me up on it. Um, so uh, let's see if this. Uh, Mike asked me to make one uh, one more announcement. We we barraged him with about ten announcements when he said at the beginning, "Does anyone have any announcements?" <laughs> so uh, I understand he forgot one. But um, Brian and Devin uh, had the have the opportunity next week to speak at the Middle Ground Road Church of Christ, uh, which I think many of you are familiar with who've lived here a, a good while. Um, and so uh, that should be a, a good good opportunity to to. Uh, preach a, a, a sound lesson. I think, I think Brian's speaking and, and Devin's going along. I'm not sure the exact arrangement. Anyway, they have an opportunity between the two of them to, <laughs> to speak there. Um, and uh, so, so I, th- I, th- I think that's, that's very encouraging and I uh, hope a lot of good comes out of that. Um, okay, so um, we are in the middle of the most long, drawn-out five-part series you have ever known. <laughs> um, I, I, I did this five-part series when we were attending in Brunswick, um, and this is my go-to when someone gets sick. <laughs> I did the first two in December. Uh, now we're on part three. So hopefully by the end of the year, we might get to parts four and five. Uh, we'll see. Um, the topic is the devil, um, uh, or Satan. Um, <clears throat> we... Um, that's something I think is, is very important to talk about. I, I personally, for myself, I always focus on sin and what I'm doing wrong, which, okay, right? Um, but I, I, I don't think enough, often enough about the fact that there is a devil. We have an enemy that's actively warring against us. Um, as, as Stephen uh, happened to mention on, on, on Wednesday, didn't set this up, but... Um, he, he talked about that and about um, how uh, we have this battle in the heavenly places, um, which I was actually, I really get more into that in part four. But um, So just the idea that we have a spiritual enemy uh, that, that actively wars against us, um, um, that, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think it's not enough just to know that he's there, um, but um, to to be aware of when he's attacking. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's James 4, verse 7. Um, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, so that's the strategy, to defeat him. It's very simple, but to resist him, you have to know when he's attacking. Um, and so that's uh, the goal of these lessons, is to think about when he's attacking and, and not just brush it off as, as some small thing, but, but to recognize, oh, this is an attack from the devil, Let's be on guard and and fight against it. Um, <clears throat> the key verse I, I like to keep coming back to is First Peter five eight, which I think is on the handouts. It says, "Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." Um, so this hits it pretty point blank. Uh, we have an enemy or an adversary uh, who is the devil who uh, is actively targeting us um, and continually. Um, uh, we talked about back in December um, 
Uh, I'm not going to turn there, but Revelation 12:9 spells out that Satan is the devil. If you ever wondered why we why 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 we talk about those two is the same thing, there's a good scripture to go to. Revelation 12:9, uh, Satan is the devil or the serpent of old. Um, so that ties a lot of different things together there. Um, we know from Revelation 20 and verse 10 that Satan has already been defeated, um, and so we can take comfort in that. Um, First <clears throat> uh, John 5:19, uh, we learn that uh, Satan is is the ruler of this world or the god of this world. Uh, in John 8:44, he's the father of lies. Um, so we talked before about um, he uh, Satan wants us to. Uh, to not resist when he attacks, uh, in other words, not not even be offended by sin, um, to just be um, calloused in that way, um, and then he actively tries to prevent us from becoming Christians uh, and to to join the opposing army, if you will. Um, so today the topic is he wants us to desert the army, uh, the army uh, of the Lord. Um, he's, he's trying to make us be deserters. Um, so. Uh, before we get to that, uh, do another piece of introduction, more or less related to what we're talking about, um, but just some more uh, introduction information. Uh, as I mentioned before, the, um, the, the body of, of this introduction information I got from, uh, just to give credit, um, from a, a workbook that I found online. Um, if any of you are familiar with the website, padfield.org. Uh, it was it was on there, it's, uh, association of some preachers and um, and uh, um, it was talking about about the devil. So um, this is scripture, but I just like to give credit because I didn't come up with all of this entitled together. So um, <clears throat> it's a really good workbook if you ever get a chance to to go through that. Um, so uh, something to think about is is temptation, and like I said, the internal struggle. We think about the the, the the sin that that we have inside. Um, so uh, first, let's look at Galatians 5, 16 to 18. <clears throat> uh, Galatians 5, 16 to 18. It says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit." And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, uh, you are not under the law. Um, and that gets into a whole discussion of the book of Galatians, but um, um, really that, that middle part that these things war against each other, the spirit and the desires of, of ourself, of our bodies, meaning this is what the flesh is, is there. Uh, Romans 7 um, also talks about something very similar. Um, if you've never read this before, pay attention, because <laughs> it gets confusing. Uh, Romans 7, 18 to 23, he says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sins that, sin that dwells within me. Uh, for, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of, of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind 
and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Um, and uh, I'll stop there for <clears throat> uh, the sake of time. But, uh, so we see that, that, that internal struggle. Um, another thing to, to remember uh, when we're talking about sin, I, I guess I didn't mention this, but sin is kind of the, the, the implication of, of, of what the devil is trying to do, is get us to sin. Uh, I think we know that, but that's the, that's the connection. <laughs> Uh, James 1, um, uh, James 1, 12 to 17, <coughs> excuse me, um, okay, um, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then, de- then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Uh, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Um, if you have King James, it gets a little uh, tricky. Um, I think the the word tempted is used both times. Um, but temptations and trials um, are, are very different things. Um, trials are from God, and temptations are, are from the devil. Um, Trials make us stronger, and temptations try to make us sin. Uh, and uh, to the point of, of what we're talking about, the tempter uh, tries to destroy our faith. First Thessalonians 3 and 5. Thessalonians 3 and verse 5. Um, It says, For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, uh, and our labor would be in vain. Um, So, there is a tempter, um, and that would be be Satan. Satan, that would be the devil. Um, It's not just our own desires, but also Satan working against us as well. Um, Okay, so let's get into the body of this. So, um, Satan's strategy, and I'm, I'm making these up. There's, uh, there's no uh, gospel of Satan that tells us what his strategies are. I'm kind of imagining these a little bit, but, but uh, gleaning from Scripture the, the idea that I think one of Satan's strategies, if you want to call it that, is, is that he tries to demoralize the enemy uh, and to get them to quit or defect. I think that's very clear in Scripture, that uh, maybe not in those words, but um, that, that he wants us to give up. Um, <clears throat> it's 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 not so simple as as um, you became a Christian now you're immune from the attacks of Satan. <laughs> uh, if only um, uh, I think he actually works against us. Um, if you're familiar with uh, uh, the U.S. military, there's a job for this in the U.S. Army. It's called psychological operations um, to try and deceive uh, or not deceive, but to to get the people of a foreign country to come to your side uh, and fight for you instead of fighting for their government. Um, that's psychological operations or psyops. Um, 
do you think the devil wouldn't try that? <laughs> we do it. Uh, I, I, I think he would probably be at least as clever as us uh, in, in this country, in this, in this government, to, to do the same. I'm sure all, all countries do the, do the same thing. It's called propaganda, right? This is kind of the idea. Is, um, you, you know, if you're fighting for what's right, you try and get people to defect from the wrong to what's right. Maybe you're fighting for what's wrong, as the devil is, and trying to get the good people to defect. But either way, you're not done just be, just on the battlefield. Uh, there's even to a person. You go to individual people uh, and try to get them to defect. Um, it's not enough to just blow everything up. You know, um, there's there's a lot more subtlety in war than just that. Um, uh, <clears throat> So if we look at Matthew 13, um, not going to get deep into the, uh, the parable of, of the sower, if you will, um, but in the explanation um, uh, in uh, 18 through 23 or so, um, it talks about what the, the different kinds of seed are, or uh, let me rephrase that, what the different kinds of ground are uh, that the seed fell on. And so some fall on rocky ground, um, on verses 20 to 21. Um, let's just read that, 20 to 20 through 22. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, and yet um, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises in account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Um, at least in the ESV there, the end of verse 21 says he falls away. Um, so I think that's... that's uh, we see that from other scriptures that the Christian can fall away um, if, uh, if their faith is um, on rocky ground. Um, I don't know if that's where the phrase comes from or not. Um, but um, also worries can, can choke our faith. Um, I'm just thinking on a tangent, but um, I don't have enough to back it up, so I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll move on. Um, so, uh, point C... Um, it is very hard for a Christian to get back in the saddle, if you will, uh, if, if, they, if they fall away. Um, it's, it's just immensely, immensely difficult. Um, I think of, of alcoholism. Uh, I've never dealt with it or been around it, but, but they say you're, you know, you're always one drink away from just relapsing into full-blown alcoholism. It's, it's not that you were an alcoholic and then you can have a drink occasionally and you'll be all right. Um, it was always dangerous to have that drink, but if you are a recovering alcoholic, that drink is just like wildfire in your body that uh, that just stirs that that, that bad desire um, right back up. Um, the scripture actually says, if, if that's your condition spiritually, if you were saved and then fell away, uh, it would be better if you were never saved in the first place, and that's pretty jarring. Second uh, Peter two uh, is is what I'm talking about. So let's turn there. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Turn right past it. 
Second Peter 2, verses 20 to 22. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's good. First Peter 2, second, second Peter 2, second Peter 2, 20 to 22, lots of twos there. Uh, For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. Uh, For it it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than, after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Um, that is a really striking passage. Um, salvation's always good, right? <laughs> it is, but in, in, in the case where, for whatever reason, you, you, you fell away, um, it, it would be better to um, have, have never been saved. Um, what it takes to bring a person back um, is is um, is pretty severe. Uh, it's, it's pretty devastating to them. Honestly, it's about about the only way you can you could bring someone back from that. Um, <clears throat> think about the parable. I'm not going to turn there. I think I referenced this entirely too often. But the parable in Luke 14, um, um, where a per, uh, a man goes to build a tower, uh, doesn't count the cost and then is not able to finish it. Um, you think about that in your own your own life. If you had uh, uh, a house and you wanted to renovate and you tore down the walls and then you ran out of money. Pretty rough now. You can't live in the house. Uh, it's no longer... It's not beautiful like you wanted it to be and it's not even functional as a house anymore. <laughs> You're not even protected from the elements. It's not even a house. Um, and that's... I think the, the idea in that parable is... is um, don't don't start something you can't finish. Um, <clears throat> um, so we think about um, well, well, we'll just I'll move on to the next section before I relate to that. But um, so the, often the only solution at this point, I, I'd, I'd say almost always, if a person has believed, been saved, and then falls away, um, to to restore that person. Um, is is to let that person continue this this death spiral till till it's it's almost bitter end. Um, going back to the alcohol analogy, it's called hitting rock bottom, right? The the only way that person is ever going to truly realize in themselves that um, that that they need to completely change their very way of thinking and and everything that they do and who they hang out with and uh, what's what's important. Um, is is to get so low to to be arrested to be um, to have everyone in your life leave you and, and forsake you um, to be begging for food uh, we kind of see that with the prodigal son uh, as we we talked about um, when Mr. Bronger was uh, did a lesson on that last week um, that you see that son that that that, that left and. Uh, he wouldn't return and he wouldn't straighten up and he wouldn't have a right heart until he was eating out of a trough with pigs. Um, actually, I can't even remember accurately. I think he desired to. I don't think he was even able to, uh, I think was the point. But but even that, um, that's that's 
It's about the lowest you can get, I think, pretty much. Um, and that's what brought him back. Uh, and that sort of um, radical change in your life is, is what's needed sometimes. If, if you have been saved and fall away um, is, is to, to experience that. Um, we see that, that advice, actually, in 1 Corinthians 5. Um, <clears throat> uh, the advice is almost like, you remember the story of the prodigal son? Do that. So 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 5, where we have this uh, story of a man who's in, in sin and won't repent, um, and, the, and the church has made it, uh, that known to him. Um, it says, You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Um, that's some odd advice, right? You want to save him? Deliver him to Satan. <laughs> um, but that's, I think, the very idea. It's just as the, the father... Um, and I, I think... I, I couldn't have put this better. Mr. Bronger brought this out very well in the story of the prodigal son. The father of the prodigal son did nothing to comfort him. He let him go. He didn't make sure that... He sent a servant out to uh, make sure everything was okay and that he wasn't getting in any trouble. He didn't get hurt too bad. He let him go. He let him go, and he let him go. He just let him do whatever he want, and he got to the bottom. Um, and that's what was necessary is just cut him off and, and let him go. And um, that's that's what, what can happen there. Um, uh, Satan is, is, is quite good at um, uh, wrestling people um, away and deceiving them, uh, that they think that they're not too far uh, from um, being right back to, to uh, the right mindset. And, and often the truth is they're very far from um, where they need to be, and it's not until they hit rock bottom that they see that. Um, <clears throat> now let's look at First Timothy 1, uh, and a similar idea there. First Timothy 1, 19-20. Um, just a, a similar example. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's kind of picking up in the middle of a sentence there, but it says, Holding faith and a good conscience. And then it says, By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So uh, Paul again gives another example of, of where, where he had to do that. Um, to get them to understand. So, um, so enough negative. So, what do we do to um, to to avoid these these attacks and uh, to fall away and and, and uh, um, not have to be in that situation where you have to hit rock bottom? Um, well, we keep our eyes on the prize. Um, so, Second Timothy two be a couple pages over from where you're at. Second uh, Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> um, he gives another military analogy and says to focus on being a, a good soldier. Uh, uh, so let's read that. Uh, I'm in the wrong chapter, that's why. Okay. Second uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 4. It says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, share in suffering 
as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Um, uh, there's so much there. I, I, I can't even explain it as well as I, I think what's what's stated there. But um, I like verse 4. Um, the soldier does not get involved in civilian affairs. Um, he keeps in mind that he's a soldier, uh, at least in in a uh, worldly sense, for lack of a better word. Um, a soldier has a term, and that that ends, but um, ours does not. Uh, it, it it ends at the the Sabbath rest for the people, but um, not uh, it's not six years and you're done <laughs> of being a Christian. Um, but the soldier understands as long as he's a soldier um, that's that's what he is that's what he does it's it's not just a a job it's a lifestyle um, not to get involved in um, civilian things and um, um, political affairs and things like that but just just to do do the job that, that was assigned to you and uh, really that's 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 our task as as Christians is um, to be good servants of, of Jesus Christ and, and to do um, what he's asked us to do. Um, and then we must have endurance. Um, uh, Hebrews, uh, I'm going the wrong way, Hebrews 6, uh, verse 4 through 12. I think a very clear passage about falling away. Um, <clears throat> Hebrews 6, 4-12 through 12, it says for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and I would argue at this point that's pretty clearly a Christian um, uh, verse 5 and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away um, it says at the beginning of verse 4 it is impossible um, so verse 6 it is impossible to restore them again to repentance um, since they are crucifying once again the son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt uh, for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful for those uh, to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God but if it bears thorns and thistles it is worthless and near to being cursed and it, its end is to be burned that we speak in this way yet in your case beloved we feel sure of better things things that belong to salvation for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you've shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises um, and uh, I'll leave Hebrews 10 for your own reading but um, we'll just uh, pretty much end there um, uh, just so much in that, that really neat analogy there, um, uh, but uh, it's 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 very much possible for the Christian to fall away. But um, as it says, it's it's impossible to restore them again to repentance. Um, I don't think that's quite literal, because of the example of First uh, Corinthians five that tells you to hand this person over to Satan. Um, um, and the one uh, was it First Timothy that they he handed someone over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. 
Um, uh, it's but it's near impossible. It's it. I mean, when I say near, I mean probably what nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, it, it that person's not going to come back. I mean, it's it's nearly. I mean, it's it's as good as impossible um, uh, to 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 be restored once you've fallen away. Um, it takes a true change of heart, um, a change of heart that, that maybe wasn't wasn't fully there the first time. Um, I'm not saying that, uh, as, as some denominations will say, that if someone falls away, it's a sign that they were never really saved in the first place. I, I don't necessarily buy that. I, I think that there are people who are saved uh, in the first place and then fall away. Um, <clears throat> but you have to wonder if their dedication was really where it should have been when they were saved. Um, and and that's it's a stern warning um, that comes from the scriptures, and it's it's one that I think we all need to take take to heart. Um, I uh, again not not planning this at all, <laughs> um, but but you know kind of to think of, of the same things that Mr. Bronger talked about last week. Um, for for people like myself that was raised in the church, um, that that grew up attending uh, in in churches and being being told the right things about salvation, um, and believing, repenting, being baptized, and doing the things that necessary for salvation, um, I myself wonder, was I convicted enough when I was saved? I think I was convicted enough to be saved, but I know it's a gut check for myself um, all the time to say, do, do I really have the, the change of heart that, that's, that's necessary? Um, I think for, for me, my moment came realizing um, there's... Um, certain things about authority, for example, that I didn't understand that I thought I understood, and that was kind of an awakening for me. Um, I, I, I hope that was enough of a, a gut check for myself to realize that um, I don't have this together like I thought I did, and I don't really have the right attitude uh, toward the scriptures like, like I need to. Um, and and so if um, I think that's something we should all think about is uh, if you have been saved, um, um, if you've been told you've been saved, uh, maybe they were wrong and they lied to you. Um, we've known a few people here that, that that's true for. Um, but if you have been saved, and, and, and you really honestly do believe that, but, but you question your own dedication, um, then it's a hard thing to, to, to get dedication. Um, but uh, I think it, it comes from a, a, a good heart of of, of just being around people who are dedicated and, and seeing that and saying, I want to be like that. Um, I think that was part of what what uh, melted my cold heart as well, is, is seeing the people here that uh, that were so dedicated and uh, saying, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I don't have that same feeling, and I should. Um, uh, so if there are any here that, that, that do wish to um, obey the call of the gospel, um, which is to, um, as I think Romans 10 kind of spells out pretty well, um, to to hear the word, to uh, believe it, um, to repent of sins that you've committed, to confess, I would say publicly, might be two or three witnesses, but somehow publicly confess that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God and, um, uh, and to be baptized for the remission of your sins. Uh, for the remission of your sins not to be baptized publicly 
um, as an outward sign of an inward grace. Um, but as, as uh, Acts 2.38 says, uh, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. That's the purpose uh, of baptism. Uh, and if you don't do it for that purpose, um, then that's not salvation. Um, that is, that is the, um, <clears throat> the doctrine to be baptized into. Um, so if there are any here that, that have not obeyed uh, that, that call of the gospel, um, uh, or if there's any that, that wish for um, prayers of the saints, and this is an excellent opportunity to do so as we stand and sing the invitation song.